tomorrow is April 23rd, William Shakespeare's birthday. And to honor the great man, Reed Martin and I have decided to announce the next Reduced Shakespeare Company show. The 11th stage show for the Reduced Shakespeare Company, the 10th script that Reed Martin and I have written. We're very excited about what the new show is going to be. Should we tell them what it is? Maybe after the intro. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. Thanks for subscribing, streaming, or downloading and listening to us on your computer or tablet or phone. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 645, Hamlet's Big Adventure. The Prince of Denmark has a problem. (laughs) That was one of the very first kind of notions we had about this idea for Hamlet's Big Adventure. It's a prequel to the arguably the greatest play ever written. So so I guess by the transitive property that means that Hamlet's Big Adventure a prequel is the second greatest play ever written. Oh, I think I think you can take that to the bank. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. What um, what was the thinking? We why did we decide so our previous show show was uh, William Shakespeare's long lost first play abridged and I think we both I, I was surprised to discover that we both liked that so much we wanted to kind of stay in that vein a little bit is that right yeah and you know we were kicking around what's sometimes we have several ideas for the next shows um like yeah we already kind of have an idea for our next show after this and no we're not going to announce it for years so don't pester us (laughs) um but it's a great idea it is a great idea um and so, yeah, so we said, what do we do? And I don't honestly remember how it came up. but we, I remember we were talking about it because our booking agent said, you got to have a new show, yeah. which is which like. Which is normal, about every three years or so. And it's a great, lovely problem to have. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, everybody likes a new show. When's the next show? Wait, we just finished. Yeah. What are you talking about? But I think we, I think you and I, uh, we were talking in the, in the hotel in Reston, Virginia. Is when I remember when we had this conversation, it was like, well, what could, what could it be? And neither one of us had an idea for a big, large topic that we wanted to, to reduce, as we have in the past, all the great books or American history or Hollywood or sports or whatever it was. And we liked, we really liked dealing with the narrative of long lost shakes, taking a story from beginning to end. And then... And that was, so we wanted to kind of stay in that vein. I wanted to continue to work in this faux Shakespearean sort of mode. And, um, and it was sort of all those ideas, but we were kicking around, but what could that be? And I, I'm not sure that, I never remember exactly, Yeah. but I feel like I said, well, what about a prequel to Hamlet? I think, I think that was it. I mean, it was like, I think, and I think it was like. What about a prequel? What could it be? Well, yeah. obviously Hamlet, but I think we right. kicked around a bunch of things. Yeah, you know? um, and then and so so what we're kind of exploring is how did all these extremely well-known characters in Hamlet and yeah. some characters who aren't so well-known who we've never seen before but right. appear in this play, yeah. how did they get to sort of where they are at the beginning 
of the original Shakespearean Hamlet, and it's really fun. Like nothing is rotten yet. <laughs> yeah, yet, yeah. yet things get rotten, but nothing, not when, not when things are starting. And what was fun to me, I mean, it, it, it's always great when an idea sparks so many more ideas. Mm. Uh, and I was uh, surprised to discover, as I began to research it and investigate it, that this hasn't been written. I thought, oh, well, surely somebody's written this. Yeah, somebody's surely written a prequel to Hamlet. There have been. Uh, John Updike wrote a novel about Gertrude and Claudius. I think it's called Gertrude and Claudius. And it's about their sort of pre-play romance. Um, and I, I read about a third of it, and I went, okay, I'm not interested. It was, I, it was very dark, and I wasn't interested. But, yeah. but, but, but it hasn't been written as a play. And for me, I was, you know, Tom Stoppard's um, uh, uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead mm. are, is the greatest sort of worm's eye view sideways from the wings point of view of Hamlet. And so I was thinking, well, what if, what if Tom Stoppard wrote Muppet Babies? <laughs> you know, familiar characters that we know, but seen. It would have been a travesty. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Well, that was, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's familiar characters, but seen at a younger age. And should we tell about, should we tell them about the plot at all? Well, I think we can. I mean, what's fun to me about the show is, yeah, I mean, what, Mrs. Polonius, where, Mrs. Polonius is never mentioned. Where's Ophelia's mother? And you're right. Why isn't she mentioned? And so, well, that's a fun thing to think about. We can create that. Yeah. Yeah. What if she's really chatty and Polonius can never get a word in? And that would explain why once she's gone, he won't shut up. Right. Right. Well, and you say once she's gone, what happened to her? Where did she go? That's one of one of the things. And the other thing was, well, what's Hamlet like? We know what he's like after his father's been killed. What's he like? As a younger, as a younger person, you know, as a, we're kind of thinking of him as a kind of a young teen, an early teen, um, so full of boyish energy, and of course, in our in our play, incredibly decisive. <laughs> well, yeah, he starts out super decisive, and yeah. then events of life happen, right. and he changes, you know. And in the in the original Hamlet, we see the skull of York, and we say, oh, a jester. Yeah. Well, you and I, we're we're jesters. Let's write a jester. Let's find out what York was like. And then, how did Hamlet? have this love of theater well maybe he got it from york and that leads to all kinds of things that's right i mean in ham in hamlet uh, in in shakespeare's hamlet hamlet is incredibly knowledgeable about theater and how you should act and do not saw the air too much with your hands thus and speak the speech i pray you as i pronounced it to you where did he get all this you know he got it he gets it as it turns out from york why because for Reasons that you'll discover, (laughs) they have to put on a show. They have to put on a play within a play. And one of the other challenges is what was Hamlet's relationship with his father really like? And we get to see that as well. Turns out his father's a bit of a practical joker. His father, before he passed, liked to dress up like a ghost and scare people. <laughs> so that gave us a really good idea for how the show might open. For open and it, it gives and it gave us a great idea for what is Hamlet what is his father really like? And so yeah, Hamlet is my favorite Shakespearean yeah. tragedy. It's kind of an obvious answer, but it is. And so I sort of feel like uh, I'm both Queen Elizabeth and Shakespeare. I'm saying, like Queen Elizabeth, I really like that Falstaff. Write a whole play about him yeah. telling Shakespeare. Yeah. Well, I really like Hamlet, and I'm telling myself and you, let's see what was Ham- let's write a prequel to Hamlet. Let's find out more about these characters. Well, and these kinds of co- pop cultural conversations with with popular culture are happening 
all the time. I mean, they're just they're it, it, it's a it's a real it's a cottage industry. People are. I was just thinking of Nicholas Meyer, who 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 wrote um, those two Sherlock Holmes pastiches, a seven percent solution and the West End Horror, which were both loving and accurate evocations of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's novels, but also sort of fan fiction a little bit. You know, what would it be like? Oh, what would it be like if Sherlock Holmes met Sigmund Freud, who helped him with his cocaine addiction? What would it be like if Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson met all the famous theatrical personalities of London's West End in the late 19th century? You know, these are great sort of what ifs. And 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 and, and that's kind of the playground that we're playing in um, with this. Well, it's yeah, it's really fun. And then the challenge is, oh, here's a really funny idea. Can we work this in? If we work this in, by the end of the play, can we justify it when the real play starts? Like, right. um, you know, clearly in our play, Ophelia can't take swimming lessons. Right. <laughs> or she wouldn't drown in right. the real Hamlet. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, some, we have funny ideas. And, yeah, we're consulting with friends who know a lot more about Hamlet than we do and saying, is this consistent? Could this be justified yeah. by the time the real play starts? We've been getting some fantastic dramaturgical help uh, uh, from uh, our friend Kate Pitt, who we met at the Folger uh, Theater. Um, she's been giving us a great... Um, insight into both the uh, the history of the play and how it's performed and also the uh, insight into how the play is frequently interpreted and I think she's been helpful in making sure we don't go too far afield by suggesting one thing about the characters which isn't really borne out by Hamlet now I I, I imagine that kind of criticism is going to come up again but the- oh I, undoubtedly we're going to miss stuff oh yes but so, so one of the things well we want to see Mrs. Polonius yeah Mrs. Polonius. We want to see Mrs. Polonius. So then, well, if we see her, why is she never mentioned yeah. in Shakespeare's Hamlet? Well, we have to find a justification yeah. for that, and we do. Yeah. What happened? And 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 why why is why is Hamlet's and Ophelia's relationship so awkward? In the real play, you know what happened? They were young. They were friends. They grew up together, basically, in the court. Of Elsinore, you know what happened. So we, so we will see that in the course of the events of Hamlet's big adventure. Um, I remember we kept going back and forth. Well, what, what do you call it? Yeah. What do you call it? Hamlet's big adventure sort of evokes for me both Pee Wee and Bill and Ted. Yeah. Well, we wanted it to sound like fun, right? So uh, Hamlet, the tragedy of the Prince of Denmark. I mean, I guess we could have called it Hamlet, the comedy of the Prince of Denmark. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we we. We liked Hamlet's Big Adventure. I think fine, but it didn't have that sort of parenthetical part of the title. Right. I mean, it doesn't have a bridge. It has a prequel in yeah. parentheses. And for me, Hamlet's Big Adventure sounded fun and comic. And the and the and a prequel, that just completely explains what it is. And it, it keeps is. that sort of parenthetical construct. This is Christopher Moore, the author of Fool and the Serpent of Venice, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? You can see Reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and illustrated by the marvelous Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. Our 2019 tour of the complete works of William Shakespeare, abridged, revised by Adam Long, Daniel Singer, and Jess Winfield, continues this week with performances tomorrow on Shakespeare's birthday itself, 
in Amherst, Massachusetts. Then moving on to Flint, Michigan, River Forest in Effingham, Illinois, Meridian, Mississippi, and a week at the Virginia Arts Festival in Norfolk, Virginia. You can also see the non-RSC workshop production of Hamlet's Big Adventure, a prequel by Reed Martin and Austin Titchener at Napa Valley College in Napa, California, opening May 3rd, 2019, and running the first three weekends in May. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office, venue, and ticket information. And now back to Reed and I discussing our 10th script together, Hamlet's Big Adventure, a prequel. I think one of the interesting things about Hamlet's Big Adventure, a prequel, is that it's the first RSC show without the framing device of, hey, we're the Redo Shakespeare Company and we're putting on this show. I mean, we're we're about to go into workshops for it and we'll see right. if that works, but it seems like in rehearsals it's working. Right. So it's more of a play play. There is no sort of framing device where we have a break out of character and address the audience as, as ourselves. Right. There is, there, it's just literally a play um, and which we've had one public reading which was uh, reassuringly well received um, from people who were saying, now wait, it's just going to be the three actors? Because that's, oh, but you, because you never stepped out and said, wait, we're doing a, a play. And I think people are responding to that. It feels like a nice uh, evolution and not only yours and my writing, but in the kind of the works of the Reduce Shakespeare Company a little bit. Um, the other thing that was appealing to me about this whole idea when we got going about it, because for me, this idea of Hamlet's being so knowledgeable about theater and why is he so verbose in the real play about theater? Well, we had to see the reasons for that. How, why, how does he learn about theater in Hamlet's Big Adventure where he becomes so passionate about the way it's supposed to be done in the real play? And I think it's not giving any too much away to say that there is a tension between him and his father and him and Yorick in a, in a way that's not dissimilar to the tension between Hal and the and his relationship to his father Henry IV and Fa- and Falstaff, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a really interesting echo of some of the uh, of those of that play. Yeah, the other fun thing is finding Shakespearean quotes and kind of repurposing them in a Tom Stoppardian yeah. way, like Shakespeare in Love. The play must go on. Go on. That sort of thing. Yeah. Um, All's well that ends. Well, I don't know. (laughs) So finding those sorts of things, yeah, uh, repurposing actual quotes from Hamlet has been very, very fun. And the other challenge, of course, is we can put in inside jokes for days for the people who really know Hamlet. But, of course, the challenge, you know, that's not not every audience. You know, we've we've still got to make it really funny. And I think what we discovered... I think what we discovered, certainly when Long Law Shakes, and I think maybe to a certain degree in, in, in a lot of our plays, is that you've, we've, we can be, I'm not worried about us making a show funny. We can make a funny show. That's, that's not, it's not that it's easy, but we know how to do it. But the hard part is creating a story, creating a narrative, creating relationships that are so well structured and so and taken so seriously that the contrast of the seriousness of that storyline with the irreverent approach that we bring to it provides a lot of comedy. Well, and I think, so this show then becomes sort of the natural evolution after William Shakespeare's long lost first play, A Bridge, in which 
the, the through line was really more the narrative of the play than about the three guys arguing about mm-hmm. what we're going to do next. Mm-hmm. And so it's the next evolution where in Long Lost there's a little bit of that, the least of yeah. in any show. In this yeah. show, currently, there isn't any of that. No, there's none of it. and there's st- But there are still asides. There are still a couple of vaudeville sketches, like mm-hmm. like routines. Um, certainly a tension between highbrow and lowbrow, lowbrow, between elevated text and colloquial text, you know, poetry and prose, you know, in the same way that, 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 that Shakespeare, you know, worked. Um, um, so I think it's, I think we're still bringing that same level of, well, yeah, that same clash of highbrow and lowbrow that most of the shows bring. So if somebody wanted to see this new show, well. they're pretty much out of luck, right? Yeah, there's no way. There's no possible. No, well, they're not out of luck if... For the first three weekends of May in 2019, you can come to Napa Valley College in Napa, California, the beautiful wine country, heart of the wine country. We're doing a, a workshop production with three local Northern California actors, two of whom have never worked with us before. Uh, one of whom is Chad Yarish, who has been with us uh, for many shows and toured with us. Um, and it's part of Napa Valley College. I mean, it's what's what's lovely is that the workshop is part of Napa Valley College's Emergence Festival, a sort of a new work festival so it's 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 a really a kind of a great uh you know uh, a place a great place to be to be working on new material yeah it's a centerpiece of this festival which jennifer king who's been so supportive she's the chair of the department at napa valley college of the theater department say yes please come and do this and so we're kind of the centerpiece of this festival at napa valley college that's been going on for several years where students and faculty staff uh can you know develop material and put it up on its feet sometimes maybe it's a two-minute, you know, poem that they wrote or a song. Well, ours happens to be a show. And you and you teach at Napa Valley College. So, yeah, yeah, I've been yeah. teaching at Napa Valley College since 2007, and Jennifer King, in, in various positions, mm-hmm. has been very supportive of us at mm-hmm. Sonoma County Rep in Sebastopol. In the past, uh, uh, Ultimate Christmas Show, we workshopped mm-hmm. at Napa Valley College. She connected us with uh, Napa Valley Rep Michael Ross when we were workshopping mm-hmm. the comedy show. So in this, it's not a reduced Shakespeare Company production. Austin and I are, are the writers and directors, um, but Napa Valley College college is, is producing it, and yeah. Austin and I won't be performing in it, but we will learn it when it becomes an RSC show. Right. We, yeah. Now, I, I think, I, I'm not sure, are we are we able to say when we're going to be doing it? We're doing it sometime in the fall of 2019. Are we able to get more specific than that yet? I think it isn't signed, sealed, and delivered, yeah. but I will say it's very, very likely yeah. uh, in about the middle weekend of October that we'll be performing it in Sonoma County somewhere for a weekend. <laughs> somewhere. And and then um, there might be an international booking uh, later in the fall. Yeah, that might happen sort of Thanksgiving week overseas. Thanksgiving is. Sorry to disappoint you folks in the UK. It's not in the UK. It's a little further east than that. Yes. Um, and then we will, of course, bring it out on tour. Um, hopefully another several uh, another theater will uh, pick it up and bring us in. We go in. We go into tech this week. We open the following weekend on May 3rd and run for the first three weekends of May, and if you can come, you'll see me and Reed um, sitting in the back row, uh, madly taking notes and counting laughs. Sweating profusely, shaking our head, doing all the blocking in our chair. (laughs) (laughs) Mouthing along the lines, um, pretending that we smoke, like like George S. Kaufman in the back of the theater when the Marx Brothers are changing all his lines. Yeah. Well, if I were doing it, I would do it this way. 
That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Send us your prequel to a famous tragedy via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSE Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener. Thanks as always to Melancholy Payne, Matthew Croak, Web Services by Ginger Power Limited, Music by John Weber and Garage Band, and you also heard the accompaniment to one of the songs from Hamlet's Big Adventure, arranged and performed by our very own Michael Faulkner. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Kate Anderson Wersema. I hope I said that last name right. I do apologize if I didn't. No reason. It is just random. Special thanks to Christopher Moore, whose novels Lamb, The Gospel According to Biff, Christ's Childhood Pal, Fool, and The Serpent of Venice prove that he too knows a little something about writing prequels and sequels to classic immortal texts. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 645-1935ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. 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 So much less.